course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. I'm joined as always by our other ho- our other friend, excuse me, Ike. Ike, how are you? I am doing superfluous. I think that's a word. Um, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm a little hungry. I'm a little hungry. I think we're having uh, having stuffed peppers tonight, so I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, yeah. We're we're ordering pizza because we had a busy day and. That's just the way it goes. So that's right. Thank, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And let's uh, get into this thing. Thank you to our wives, Monica and Kayla. They will be on momentarily. We have a wise rebuttal episode today. Uh, we are going to be talking about the 2016 movie Hush. So they will be on in a few to discuss that. We also later in the show have a review of the movie Death Metal. So you'll hear all about that in a little bit. But before we get to all that, Ike, what did you do this week? Did you watch anything? Well, um, I'll be real with you. I really haven't had a chance to watch much. Um, we, yeah, honestly, I haven't really had a chance to watch much um, other than Death Metal and Hush um, for the Wise Rebuttal, of course. Um, it, it's not ne- necessarily something I did, but um, I think last year I mentioned it. Uh, we went to a haunted house around here. It's called the, the uh, Haji Horror House. Um, and it's, uh, they, they do it every year, but this year they're doing it and their theme is actually Friday the 13th. Um, oh, so they, cool. they announced that recently. And so, um, I just wanted to share that with everybody cause I'm pretty excited. I'll probably go to it again. So, you know, should be cool. <laughs> yeah. That's we're right on the cusp of spooky season over the weekend. I yes. went to my first spirit Halloween. I'm very excited. It was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot either. I, uh, I watched these movies. Uh, and I did, I actually did start my rewatch of the Saw series. So I watched the first three of those. Um, it just, I just wanted to go ahead and dive in, uh, you know, and get through those. There's like 50 movies. So, uh, you know, I had to <laughs> get through them. Uh, but otherwise I, I don't know. I've had kind of a busy week and, uh, haven't really watched much else besides that. So, um, so yeah, not a lot to say there. Like I said, I did go to a spirit Halloween. That was very exciting. Lots of cool stuff there. I could literally go in and drop a fortune. There's always so many things I want. It is. It's dangerous. It is. It is so so cool. I, I love. I love this time of year that's approaching. Love it. I just. I'm a sucker for the decorations, the novelty candy, all of that through the through Halloween all the way through Christmas. I love it all. So, but all right. So uh, people have demanded it. People have asked for it. We're going to dive in and let's see how this goes. Let's go to our weekly segment. All right, and today we are doing a Wives Rebuttal, and joining us as always is my wife, Monica. Hello, Monica. Hello. And Ike's wife, Kayla. Hello, Kayla. What's up? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) What's up with you? (laughs) And a Wives Rebuttal is where these two come on. And they, uh, they let's let's call it, let's call it spade a spade. They they argue with us that uh, that we're wrong. They try to convince us that we're wrong, which is just not going to happen. But I guess more importantly, they're trying to convince you, the listeners, that we're wrong. And today's movie of debate is Hush. 
And a little background on the movie. It was released April 8th, 2016, directed by Mike Flanagan, written by Mike Flanagan and Katie Seagal. It grossed $13,583,690 on a $1 million budget. Uh, while it had a, uh, while that, you know, it makes a lot of money, that was not enough to break it into the top 200 movies of the year. But, uh, so there's a little background on the movie Hush. And, uh, the stance is that Ike and I enjoyed the movie. Monica and Kayla did not. So, who wants to begin this, uh, this unruly debate that's about to begin? I'm sure Monica does. I defer to Kayla today. Oh, goodness. So, I will say, I did rewatch it before we talked about it, and I, I didn't hate it as much as I used to. I still don't like it, but it wasn't as bad as what I remembered it to be. But for me, I just felt like it just wasn't, it's a horror suspense, and to me, it was like not suspenseful at all. And it just felt really, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It just didn't do it for me. I know it's supposed to be like a suspense movie, and I just felt no suspense. I was kind of bored the entire time, honestly. And there were a lot of like specific scenes that I felt just didn't make sense personally to me. So, right. Um. Okay. Monica, you have anything to add? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, so I definitely agree with Kayla. In the well, we hope that, so, or else, or else the right. foundation of this entire thing falls apart. I, I agree with her in in kind of the aspect of it's, it's billed as a thriller slash horror, and I think that it would be more appropriate for it to be like a, a suspense slash drama. I at no point was thrilled nor horrified by this movie. So in that aspect, I I completely agree with Kayla. Now, I rewatched it as well today and um, couldn't find it anywhere to watch it. So I had to watch it on YouTube, which means every literally five minutes was two commercials. I got (laughs) to the point where I was enjoying the commercials more than the movie. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure whether we should publicize that someone has uploaded this movie to YouTube. And I'm so sorry. If, if it is you, if you happen to be listening and you're the person and you get a strike, it's Monica's fault. True. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> sorry about this, guys. <laughs> so listen. I mean, I, I I got some great tips. I got a a promo code for Chewy. I mean, it was not a complete waste of my time. And I'm not even gonna say this movie was Wait, completely like. Don't mention companies that aren't paying for sponsor time. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Time, I'm time sorry, is Uwe. money here. What are you doing? <laughs> it was Uwe. Uwe got me a code. So anyway. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't a complete dumpster fire. You know, number one, I love Kate. Is it, I don't think it's Seagal. I think it's Siegel, but I love her. I think she's super talented. I think that. Wait, hold um, on. Let me pause right here. You yeah. have to understand. You listen to our show. You know one of my sticks is that I mispronounce last names. That's true. <laughs> Not intentional. True. It just freaking happens. If people would have common last names that old Dave <laughs> could pronounce, we wouldn't have it. This everybody could try to be cute and spell your names weird. Sorry, <laughs> old okay, man well, the clouds over there. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say yeah. He's outside shaking his fist up at the sky. Um, and Michael Trucco. 
who plays John, like legitimately could be spread on toast. He's that yummy. And I, I adore him. I mean, he's in on one. He was in One Tree Hill. He was in Revenge. He's on Fire Country right now. He was uh, Samuel Anders in Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. So, I mean, adore him. With that said, yeah. I mean, it's the best thing I can say because I know that gimmick movies, you know, they they can be good. All you got to do is look at Nosferatu from 1922 and you can see where a silent movie is good there is no sounds no nothing and it it stands you know uh call of cthulhu from 2005 completely silent movie and it stands this movie did not and now this think, movie this movie did have some sound though <sighs> Yeah, and in that, I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. But meningitis does not cause mute, cause you to be mute. She was 13 well, freaking years old. Surely she knew how to speak at 13. But okay, but, but pump the brakes. I don't think they ever claimed that she was mute. She's she's deaf. I think doesn't she just chooses not to speak? Yeah. She, she chooses not to speak, and not to mention, if you're deaf for long enough, I mean, not that you can't speak, but your 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 speech does deteriorate because I would say probably a good 80% of speaking is hearing yourself talk and knowing okay. how to regulate your voice. Okay, that, that, that's great. Marley, Marley Matlin, though, was deaf at birth and can speak and is an actress I, who speaks. I, I will say this. I don't know what the movie itself lays out there for this i will say in the description of the movie on imdb it does define her as a deaf and mute writer so i don't know if that comes from the production company or not i don't know but that is well, what it on says the, on imdb the back of the book cover when it flashes to it because i thought the same thing i'm like maybe it, she's just select muti- uh mm-hmm. mutism but no they it's billed as her being mute which is not select you know, that's a completely different thing or selective. So what? She got went deaf at 13 and forgot everything. I mean, I'm not even saying speaking, screaming. Noise in general. So, I mean, it just wasn't realistic. You know, and I, I thought about it to myself. I turned the captions on. So, you know, but can you imagine watching that movie in the theater? I know maybe three dozen sign language words. <laughs> I knew bitch. <laughs> so, I, well, I would have, have had no idea what I, she was saying. I, I was going to say, I, I will say that in, in theaters and on Netflix, there is automatic because this movie used to be on Netflix once upon a time. Oh, it, ha- it has subtitles. I but the. The method in which we viewed this was not its original <laughs> method. That's the way you knew it. Right there. <laughs> it. It was not the intended method. So when you watch it in theaters or on like an actual streaming service, yeah, so just keep that in mind. The hypothetical way in which we viewed this movie. I got Yes. <laughs> well, you know, and don't I, I, I love uh, home invasion movies. I mean, 
Bruce Willis has made like 75 of them just since the pandemic. And I have watched every one. But this, it just, you know, you don't get any emotional investment really in her because you don't, you have her interact with one character. Then you have her interact over the t- the computer with one character and you have her kind of interact over text with one character. So you're not getting any emotional investment. You don't know why he's killing all these people. And sometimes not they're not being a reason works. Strangers. Dave says it all the time. One of the scariest lines that he from a horror movie. But. You don't, I mean, he would have been scarier if he left the damn mask on. Well, I mean, I, I will agree with that point. I thought the unmasking, which was very early in the movie. Yeah. And there not being more to that. That was a little odd to me. I, I did find that kind of odd. I, I, I believe, though, that was the play on the having or having to read his lips. Um, I, I'm guessing is why they unmasked him. I don't know. I think there could have been a workaround with a little bit of a different mask or something, maybe yeah. like a half mask. or something. I don't know. Um, I was expecting there to be more about the killer and the backstory there, but, uh, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought the, the deafness and the silence, I thought it, I thought it added to the suspense a little bit to me. Um, I don't know. Silence is, is unnerving to me. It, it creeps me out and it makes me unsettled. So I think that's maybe that's why, and it could just be me, but I think that's, that added to it. It made me, made me a little unnerved, but I mean, but did either of you not think that she was an idiot? Yes, I did. Uh, not necessarily. And, I mean, in, what, in what way are you? In what way do you think she's an idiot? Well, okay, I am. I'm deaf. Okay, so I am missing one of the major senses that we use to keep ourselves safe. Okay. Right. And I've made no preparations for that. In what you way? You know, well, I don't know. Um, your house alarm can be you for deaf people. And as a matter of fact, deaf people and blind people, you can get one that works without electricity that you can call 911 from. Her uh, her smoke alarm. Those can be bought in there and it sends out literally a wireless signal to the fire department that notifies them that you are blind or deaf. There are all of these wonderful inventions that help people with disabilities. And this movie could have shown that this movie could have shown an intelligent disabled person. And instead it was like, I live out in the woods. I can't hear. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to have no way to defend myself. So, I, I, as 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 cute as that was, um, and, and as majestic as that uh, jingle was, my my rebuttal to that specific point, because I have other things to say too, but my rebuttal to that specific point <laughs> is that she she, I mean, even the the description even kind of alludes to this being a recent move, so it's not unbelievable that she may not be completely equipped. You know what I mean? Like. 
she's talking to her neighbor and her, I'm pretty sure her neighbor even mentions that she's only been there for a little while. And she also, you know, mentions that there was a recent breakup, which is part of the reason why she moved. So there's a lot of things that allude to this being a pretty recent venture. So I, I, I if, if you're going to get into the semantics of it, you're going to really dive into it. There's a pretty explainable reason why they, she may not be 100% set up. But in addition to that, hold on for a second. I do want to interrupt and say that I feel like Monica would understand this, but as a woman, she moves out by herself alone in the basically middle of nowhere. And she has no sort of defense. I don't know. As a woman, that would have been the first thing I did or one of the first things. Right. So if you're not going to have the security system, then a gun I don't know, a baseball bat. I mean, she goes over and she didn't even have a big ass butcher knife. It was like a paring knife. Who has a butcher block full of paring knives? I mean, again, you could allude to she just moved. Maybe she doesn't have all her stuff. I don't know. And and I agree. I, I think <laughs> that probably they could have been a little more prepared moving out there. But are we really going to victim blame a fictitious character? <laughs> Is she a victim? Is you know, she that's a victim? Pretty, well, is, is she a victim? I mean... Well, how is she not a victim? She's well, being pursued w- by <laughs> psycho... I mean. What I'm going to say, though, is she victimized herself if she put herself in a situation where this could have happened. Do you know what? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I've that, known deaf stretch. people... And here's the other thing. I, I went to college with three different people who were... 100% deaf, two at birth and one from an accident. And I'm not, sometime off this, remind me to tell you how she went deaf because it was actually like kind of weird. But anyway, every one of them had so much situa- situational awareness that it wasn't even funny. You could not, if someone, I mean, they were deaf. But there's movement when that when her friend was beating on the I mean, that creates sound waves. You know, and if I was when I was sitting behind Laura, I was two people back. And if I reached up and pounded on the guy in front of his desk, she could feel the sound wave. And would turn around and look. So, I mean, it just wasn't realistic. I agree with that point because she was literally. Even let's even throw out the whole feel the sound thing. How did she not see it in per, in her peripheral? <laughs> like it was right there. Yeah. And I feel like I mean obviously I know that they're not like superheroes, but when you lose right. one sense, your other ones do become a bit heightened, like you said. Right. So I just that part specifically, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I I I think that there 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 are two issues with that. I guess first and foremost, okay, so let me let me approach it from the logical perspective and then also approach it from the, you know, movie lover perspective. The logical perspective is, is that your anecdotal evidence of your personal experiences with deaf people is not necessarily all encompassing of all deaf people. Different deaf people have different strengths and weaknesses. Maybe this person's weakness is peripheral vision. I don't know. But even beyond that, you do have to suspend some belief when you watch any horror movie. Like, for instance, it's not a horror movie. It 
I mean, it is. It's a, it's a, it's, it's an atypical slasher movie. I mean, anything can be horror or horror adjacent. Who got I mean, slashed? What, what the hell are you talking about? Who got slashed? This got motherfucker stabbed. had a knife. One girl got stabbed. Is that not a slasher? Am I? No. There, it, it, no. Is a, is a slasher is a is a killer pursuing his victims or her victims in some manner or fashion? Is no. strangers not a slasher because he used an axe? Is your next not a slasher film because they use crossbows? Slasher okay. is a slasher very broad movies. genre. Okay, slasher movies. It has been agreed by horror fans like everywhere that to be a slasher film, you have to have an effective killer a high body count, and the weapons can't be guns, okay? Two people, not a high bunny, body count, okay? Bunny count. There were, <laughs> there were no jump scares. You know, there was not even, other than her, in her head, theoretical, I just am going to get killed and have my head bashed in. The scenes weren't even that gory. There is literally no backstory for the killer. Almost every slasher movie, the killer has a backstory. This is just some dumbass guy who was, what, out on Friday night and was like, hey, yo, I'm going to go kill these people. No. So And and typically in a slasher movie, not unmasked. Usually they are either masked until the very end, even if – usually it sometimes doesn't even come off then – or they are disfigured or disformed. Okay, hold on here. We're we're we're, we're starting to get a little long, Monica. You're gonna sorry. have to let Isaac finish a point or two here. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Isaac. I, so I, I I guess I guess if we're going to really dive, I, I mean I don't want to get into it too much, but slasher it is such a broad phrase and genre. I you you can't you can't really exclude. Because if you start excluding movies from the genre because it doesn't meet one criteria in your mind, then you start going down the slippery slope of, is there any true slasher film? Because then you get into the ballpark of every slasher film is not like the other. Halloween is not the same as Nightmare on Elm Street. Is Nightmare on Elm Street not a slasher because technically he's not killing them in the real world, he's killing them in their dreams? Is you know is Friday the 13th not a slasher movie because technically in the first Friday the 13th movie, there's no backstory on the killer. You know what I mean? We don't know who the killer is until the end. Oh, my God. You don't know who it is until the end. We know before the first movie's done why he's killing people. Well, it's a she, first of all. So I mean, when Jason (laughs) further. (laughs) But But I'm saying, is is Friday the 13th part one not a a slasher film? Because we don't know who's doing the slashing. Oh, my God. Okay, Isaac. Do you think slasher is a separate genre from horror? It's a because subgenre within a, horror. Yes, it is a subgenre. Okay. Is Friday the 13th a slasher movie? Absolutely. Whether it was Mrs. Voorhees or Jason Voorhees or the weird ass EMT guy, it meets all the criteria for being a slasher movie. This but movie. But you just said that a slasher movie requires that there be a a backstory about who the slasher is. So, therefore, if you look at the Friday 13 franchise, we don't know who the slasher is. There's no backstory of the slasher in the first one, or the weird EMT guy, for that matter. Or technically... You do know. You don't have to know it from the beginning. 
then then this movie Jason. falls into that criteria. You you know eventually who this they person is. They were having sex while they should have been watching Jason. Okay, hey, let's we let's bring it back. Let's, killed. let's bring Jason, it back to hush. You know the horny camp the horny camp counselors couldn't keep it in their pants and he drowned almost. Okay, hold you know? up. Let's bring it back to hush because again, this this can't be this can't take up the whole episode. Let's get right. back on hush. And let's and let's let's take this down the stretch and that's, start wrapping. That's a different wife's rebuttal. And let's yeah. start wrapping this up. Well, Isaac, right. what, if you had to tell me the two things that you thought made this a good movie, what would they be? If if I had to if I had to very much narrow it down to two things, yes. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that the killer's cruelty, and I'm going to say the way in which it was shot. The movie cinematically was made very well it, beyond just my likeness of the movie, because I did like the movie. I liked pretty much everything about it. There are a handful of things that I would probably do better, but I mean, that's pretty much any movie you watch. There's no, no such thing as a perfect movie, but I would say that the movie was shot in, in a near, I mean, near flawless way. It, it was seamless from scene to scene. It provided a picture of how this person lived their life as a deaf person and while it may not be accurate to how you believe deaf people might act, it, it's accurate for how this deaf person is being portrayed. In addition to that, the killer, while there's no backstory to the killer, the killer expresses a very specific type of cruelty where he's not. there's no reason for him to be doing this other than he wants to do it. And it's very in, in similar in likeness to the, you know, the, the Strangers movie, but also... While I understand while some people may not want him to uh, be unmasked, I think the unmasking proves even more cruelty to him because the purpose of his unmasking was not to be known or to be lip reading. It's to make this person know that I'm not leaving until you're dead because you've seen me now. And that's the only reason he did that. So that would be my that would be the, my two main points as to why I enjoyed this movie. I agree that this movie had so much potential. It had so much potential and it walked itself up to the line and then went, nah, I think that you're right. I mean, the, the way it was shot, do you, but one thing it could have done to me is once it was just him and her is when it was from her point of view, it should have been silent. When it was from his point of view, you should have heard noise, whether it was the, you know, the crunching of the leaves or whether, you know, whatever the noise was, it should have only been when it was his point of view, because that would have that would have made it better. And then he if he had followed through, what did he tell her? I'm not going to come in there until you're ready to die. But, you know, he if he had stuck to that and not breached that and she went to him to kill him, better movie. I, I, I don't think that it was until you're ready to die. I think it was I thought he said I, I won't come in until I'm I'm ready to kill you or something like that. I didn't think it was until she's ready to die specifically. I, I think it was. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure because I remember when he said it thinking, I get that. I get because there have actually been 
you know, serial killers who did, you know, they tortured their victims until they knew that they had given up and were okay. ready to die. All right. Right. So all right. that would be I scary. All, I think uh, I think we all. OK, I, by we all, I think Ike and Monica have completely spoken their piece. So let's take this thing home. Now, Kayla, wrap it up. Before we close up, <laughs> Kayla, do you want to say any more? Because Monica said, oh, I'm going to kick it to Kayla to begin, and then she has to stop talking since. I'm sorry, so, Kayla. And I specifically told her coming into this, you've got to let Kayla talk some. And, she, <laughs> and, and, and you saw I'm what sorry. happened. Yeah, I'm okay. so sorry. Do we, we just want to start over? Absolutely not. <laughs> Kayla, do you have anything that you want to add? No, it's all good. I was just going to say there was just a lot of scenes to me in the movie that just did not feel realistic. I know we touched on the one with uh, the neighbor banging on the door. Another one that really did it for me, though, was when the husband came and he's and the killer was acting like, oh, I'm a cop. He doesn't even look like a cop. <laughs> like the movie, if the husband just would have had a little bit of like awareness of just anything, the movie could have ended there. And another big one that really bothered me was when it's in, they're in the bathroom and he comes up behind her and he breathes. And that's how she knows that he's behind her. And right. she like does the move and she stabs him. Literally, I even said this to the screen, pull it out and stab him in the neck. But she just yes. leaves it. And I'm like, the why would you do that? Like you literally could have killed him right then and there with not much more effort. But I don't know. That's just. My two pieces. Those were the three scenes in the movie that yeah. really just irked me the most. I agree. Before All you right. tell, before we're done, I have to ask Kayla. Kayla, from your bedroom to your front door, have you at some point since you have lived in that home thought to yourself in every room what you would use as a weapon? Definitely. Okay. Me too. I know that if I'm in my room. I have a baseball bat. I know that when I'm in the kitchen, I have some meat, these meat things where you can pick a whole turkey up that could, like, oh. kill a man. I can go through my entire house, bathroom included, and, and can tell you what I would use as a weapon. That Ooh. is just – that's what we do because women are hardwired to protect ourselves because we are not, no longer cave women. We don't expect men to do it. That yep. was one of the things I had a problem with also is if you had – I mean that's just Kayla and I who live with our husbands and we, we have all of our senses. So if – I just think it's unrealistic that this woman who's living alone and she's deaf would not have the same thing. And also one yep. more thing that I just want to add in <laughs> that just irked me just a little bit, um, but it bothered me that they didn't get an actual deaf actress. I just felt like there yeah. are a lot of deaf actresses out there that could have. I know it was his wife, the the Mike Flanagan's wife. I know they're married. I get that, but it just kind of bothered me a little bit, just because of like representation and all. There's plenty of deaf actresses they could have got for that, but right. I mean that's just a small thing. But I just want to. Right. That. I mean, she did a great job, but I agree. She did. Wow. All right. Um, so I uh, there's a chance in the future depending on how life circumstances go, that this episode of our podcast might actually be entered into police evidence. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many people can say that, but we may have that feather in our cap in the future. I can assure you I might be sleeping with one eye open from now on because <laughs> apparently Monica has mapped out all the potential weapons in our home. Not to use so. a 
against you to protect you. Well, of course, that's what you're going to tell me right now. (laughs) But I'm going to probably hide those uh, meat forks that you were talking about, just so you know. (laughs) I won't see him again until Thanksgiving. (laughs) All right. So let's uh, let's now let's wrap this up. So, Monica, out of five screams, what would you give Hush? I know it's going to be shocking, but I would give it three because I like I said, there was a lot of potential there. I just think they they couldn't get it across the finish line. But like I said, she was a great actress. I think it was a great concept. But it just, yeah. So three. You know, by our standards, a three means you enjoyed the movie. By my standards, a three means it's kind of like that whole saying, A for effort. <laughs> when 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 you have your show, you can use your standards. But you're on our show, so use our standards. Okay. How if we this? don't have consistency, what is the chaotic mess we have here? <laughs> yes, but how many times uh, do I listen means- to your show? I listen no. to your show, and I come to you, and I'm like, you, you gave that four screams. What the f yes. is wrong with you? You consistently come to me and said I would have given that one scream. <laughs> And then the movie that you're sitting here ripping apart, you're like, oh, I'd give it a three. What the hell is this? Insanity. I was literally going to say. You have you have shot your own rebuttal down because you gave it a three. <laughs> In our I universe, that means you enjoyed the movie. The effort. So you no. did everything you said before. I enjoyed the effort. Then that's a two. <laughs> According to who? Our you show guys, that you're on. God, you guys, you guys watched a movie that was shot like from ankle high view, and you couldn't understand what was happening. And supposedly, it was kids that had just somehow not got upset when doors and windows disappeared from their home. And you guys are like, "Oh, I'm gonna give that three screens." And look, we're not gonna four. We're not going to disparage Skidamarinkin. I couldn't remember that. For the record, the baseball bat you mentioned earlier is mine. Don't make me get it. (laughs) I just. What is happening here? I didn't enjoy the movie, but I did not not enjoy the movie. I would. You you just went into a completely completely bipolar episode. That was so weird. (laughs) You have you ripped it apart, but then gave it a. Wow. Okay. Um. I don't even know what to say that because I'm literally sitting here saying, here comes a one. Here comes a one. Wow. Okay. Was a one. We're not rebutting. We're not doing the get We're not doing Friday the 13th. Stay on task. Hey, he brought up Friday the 13th. Why are you yelling at me? Because you spent 15 minutes talking about it afterwards. I'm trying to break you back and you're like, you're like, continue and then and you started talking about Jason. That wasn't in first, the first one. So you just Listen. went on to the sequels. You were talking your Listen. way through the whole series. <laughs> if he opened the door, I'm allowed to walk through it. That's the rule. Oh, Even you, don't, you don't make the rules on our show. Kayla, uh, out of five <laughs> screams, what would you give it? Um, if you would have asked me before I rewatched it, I probably would have gave it a one and a half. But now after rewatching it, to be fair, I rewatched it a while ago. So I was, you know, probably like, it's been like six years since the movie came out. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like a solid like six years ago. So um, but I give it a two and a half now. It wasn't like I said, I enjoyed it a lot more now rewatching it, um, but it still wasn't my favorite. I probably 
wouldn't choose to rewatch it again. Yell at her. Yeah. I'm not yelling yell at her. Come she on. gave it a two and a half. She didn't give it a three. She didn't give it a three. And she And for the record, five away from a three. And for the record, when you initially kicked to her and gave her her five seconds of talk time, she said, I enjoyed the movie more on this viewing than I did before. She said that then. You have sat here this entire time talking about how bad the movie was, how horrible it was, how it was just blah, 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 blah. I gave it a three. What the hell? I mean, what? I mean, what? What's a five movie for you? Because I feel like I feel like any piece of shit can be a five with you now. Because what? you ripped this, you ripped this one apart and gave it a three. If I neither enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, if I just had a meh feeling about it, that would be a three. I'm not like you guys, where I'm like, you know what? That movie was all about. It was filmed because someone put a GoPro on the dog's collar and let it run around while people killed each other. I'm giving that four screens. Bro, how do we keep coming back to fucking Skinamarink? Why, why does it I come back to Skinamarink? Jesus Christ. Because, because Cisco and Ebert can't stay in her lane here. This is weird. Ike, I, I I'm, I'm not even writing this motherfucker now because it, it, this, the universe has gone chaos. We have, we have entered the multiverse. Ike, what would you give it out of a five? I feel like I you've got to give it a know, four. Because he gave I know. It a I don't even know what to do here. We, so, we, need to okay, get, we, so, need, we need to say goodbye to the wives so that our rating system gets back to reality here. Because I was gonna say, this, this I, is, oh, my God, your rating system is so screwed. Neither of you could, like, see past and see the oh brilliance God. of the last Halloween movie. You guys are all, like, oh shitting on it when, in fact, it was actually amazing. So first it was Skidamarink. Now it's Halloween ends. Jesus Christ. Okay, so trying to reclaim some territory here. So just for clear thought for the people who are listening who have been completely thrown for the fucking loop here. So our rating system is if it's a one, that means we didn't like the movie, which makes fucking sense. A two is, okay, it wasn't unwatchable, but we didn't like it. A three is middle of the road. Four is good. Five is perfect. That's how the rating system makes sense. That's how we've always done it. I don't know where how Monica's coming is, from. How is I neither liked nor disliked this movie, not the middle of the road? That is literally sitting on a fence right there. Be- be- because no, if you what's didn't blowing li- my mind is if it's a movie you didn't like nor dislike, why are we rebuttaling it? What? Pick a movie you don't like. That's the whole point of the mess. <laughs> the whole point of the, and and you're saying you didn't like nor dislike it, but we have 30 minutes of content here where you clearly said <laughs> you didn't like it. No, I told you what was wrong with it. That is different than telling you why I didn't like it. I you said, said what you liked was some dude you wanted fire. to spread on toast. That's the only thing what you is, said you liked. <laughs> What am I supposed to do? It, like movies that I really think are dumpster fires that you guys like, you would kill me. Like Terrifier. Oh not my god. Good movie. Do do not disparage Terrifier. I'm I'm out of stroke. I just went right in the face. <laughs> For the record, we just went and saw Terrifier, and you said it was pretty decent outside of that one scene. Okay, but Again, if, if I what didn't is going say on? that. 
you would have badgered me for the 45-minute drive home. <laughs> Sometimes we just say shit so that we don't have to be told we're wrong. Just so the world knows, just so the world knows, for a little context, this is from a woman who in her life about five gazillion times has watched the pieces of shit known as Coyote Ugly. And her favorite movie is fucking Speed. Speed. She has, she has, this is, this is the context to this, this exercise that we need to, that we need to establish here. Those are my guilty pleasures. They're not like I think they needed to be awarded Oscars. There's a difference between a guilty pleasure and a movie. I watch Speed because Keanu Reeves is so fucking hot that movie. (laughs) Look. I, I'm just I'm just gonna use a phrase here. It's wow. a literary term, and I think it probably explains the situation. It's called an unreliable narrator. And <laughs> I, I, I don't think, think you should that's... talk to Dave like that. I mean, you guys share a show. Oh, All God. right, we need to we need to wrap this because because <laughs> this is this has gone ungodly long, and uh, I I don't I do not even know what to say now. This has gone. This is weird. You know what? You know what, Kayla? We should have a podcast. This we is should, this is my we life. Should, we should I review say, hey, we the need same to do movies this. they review, so that people can get accurate and not fanboy oh. ratings. <laughs> what are I'm we supposed saying. to hate every movie that we watch? Is that is that is that the idea no, that I but, just hate everything that I watch? That is not it. Just. There, you have to identify and be like, this is a guilty pleasure. This movie was so bad, it was good. You know, there okay. are there there are things that you can do. So just just, just, so just we're for, all clear, just for clarity. that everything uh, you're saying is an opinion. It is not. There is no statistical facts based on any of it. I didn't say it wasn't an opinion. Oh my let, gosh! Let me, you know what? Let do you me know ask how you many this. mushrooms in North Carolina can kill you? I think there's like there's, there are seven types of mushrooms in North okay. Carolina that if you eat are toxic. Pizza Hut's about to deliver our pizza with mushrooms on it for you. Hedge your bets, man. Hedge your bets. There you go, they mentioning pop, someone who has twice. not paid for paid for sponsorship on our podcast. Okay, was, I'm sorry. It was the pizza pup is going to be delivering. Oh my god. Your- <laughs> oh. I hope I hope uh, they got. That's all I'm gonna you say. You know, you know. Last time I said this in jest, but this may very well be the last wife for metal. <laughs> we have been married. Tw- we have been married twenty years, and if we're going to get to twenty-one, I don't know how many more of these we can do. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Oh my god! I love so you. Not- do you? Not do you? you? You and I are going to have an off-air discussion about Terrifier, just so you know. This is why I told you I liked it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, before uh, before Dave and Monica actually get divorced, um, it we're going to pause. About Terrifier. Yeah, apparently. We're going to pause. You've heard the reviews from us. The, the wives might be back. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, coming up next is... News and upcoming releases. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. 
Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. And we're back. That was uh, that was something, Dave. That was something. Um, we'll just keep keep the world posted if uh, uh, you <laughs> if Monica decides to try and kill you or <laughs> if you guys if you guys decide to get a divorce. Good lord. Yeah, that was that was a trip. But uh, I do I do have my second beer, so I'm starting to feel a little better now. So <laughs> fair. Uh, well, I guess then it is time for the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. But all right, so we got some cool news for you guys. We actually have a lot of movie anniversaries, so we're going to try and roll through these uh, lickety split because that wives rebuttal took a long time. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, starting off the news here, uh, we have a new book coming out titled Sleepaway Camp Making the Movie and Reigniting the Campfire. It's scheduled to be released on October 24th, and it will celebrate, celebrate the 30th anniversary of the movie's, uh, movie's release by looking at the making of the movie, and pre-orders are now available on Amazon.com. Um, this looks pretty cool. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Sleepaway Camp, um, and I'd like to read a book about it. I think that'd be really cool. Um, you know, we get a lot of books through because we have a couple of like press-type things that we do, so we get some books, so maybe we'll get this one. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. This is I love Sleepaway Camp. So, and I and I love books. So this is right up my alley. Hell yeah! And then, um, and not so surprising news: The Exorcist Believer has been rated R for some violent content, disturbing images, and sexual references, and it is scheduled to hit theaters on the 13th of October this year. Um, obviously, Exorcist has a long-running uh, history of violence and gore and everything else. So glad that they decided to stick to their guns. Um, you know, that's that's what I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody suspected this, but now it's now, you know, it's, it's nice to have it confirmed and official that, you know, the R rating. That means they uh, they you know They hopefully they won't be cutting any corners on the content. Oh, yeah. And then a 24 has officially ordered a sequel to talk to me. Danny and Michael Philippou uh, will return to direct. Um, this is obviously good news. Uh, Dave and I actually talked about this on the last podcast when we reviewed talk to me. Um, and in addition to that, uh, in between podcasts, we talked about it a little bit too, and we, you know, expressed wanting there to be a sequel. Uh, and also, we learned that there is actually some prequel material that they may release at some point, um, explaining the uh, basically the path leading up to the movie. Um, and it's supposedly sort of like a kind of found footage esque shot from the perspective of cell phones, kind of describing the previous uh, owner of the hand. So. That's interesting. Yeah, they haven't they haven't divulged how they're going to release that. I'm wondering whether maybe if it won't be a, like an extra on the the physical media release and stuff yeah. when you know when the movie comes out because I've heard it's not very long. It's just a short. So um, whatever the case, I hope it, I hope it gets out there. I hope it sees a lot of day because I, I would love to see that. But we talked about we talked about how this could be a this movie could spawn all kinds of stuff and it was successful enough. Oh, yeah. They've already I uh, already already greenlit the sequel and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, I'm super pumped. All right, and then we have, unfortunately, some bad news for some folks out there who maybe haven't heard. William Friedkin passed away on August 7th at the age of 87. He's known most for directing The Exorcist and The French Connection, 
Um, it seems kind of timely with the Exorcist Believer uh, coming out, you know, that this kind of be popping up, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, it's uh, obviously our thoughts with his family and his, uh, you know, people around him, of course. But uh, uh, absolutely fantastic director, directed one of the best horror movies of the 70s. Um, you know, that's it's just it's very sad, of course. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the Exorcist, I've, I've never seen The French Connection, but it was a hugely successful movie. It won Best Picture and all kinds of other things. At the, uh, the the Academy Awards, uh, but I, it's not my kind of movie, so I've never really watched it. But uh, but uh, you know I've seen The Exorcist many times, and uh, unbelievable! What a what a visionary for I mean these two movies, you know for the success. And I mean The Exorcist was just amazing for its time, and it's still good, still good to this day when you watch it. So absolutely. And then we have a couple of upcoming birthdays on August 11, 1947. We have Stuart Gordon who directed Reanimator and From Beyond. Uh, I'm sure Dave is a fan of his. I believe yep. you like the Reanimator movies. <laughs> I do. I do. I like From Beyond too. But yeah, Reanimator is one of my. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely. And of course, uh, a legend. Uh, August 13th, 1899. Alfred Hitchcock, director of Psycho, Birds, uh, Vertigo, and many, many more. Uh, Racerhead. Fantastic director. Uh, Hitchcock is <clears throat> a revolutionary in this field, if you will. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm sorry, not Eraserhead. I'm stupid. That was David Fincher, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me, guys. Uh, and uh, but yes, Alfred Hitchcock, obviously, he he'll be remembered for eons, I, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many so many things that he you know developed shots and approaches that are I mean they're still emulated today. He's just yeah, uh, groundbreaking. Groundbreaking indeed. And then upcoming movie anniversaries: August 11th, 1989, Nightmare on Elm Street five. The Dream Child, um, not a bad movie. We we actually rated the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so you should check that out. I know Dave, you know, doesn't hate this film. <laughs> no, no, it's not too bad. But uh, not not one of my favorites, but not one of the worst. So true. And then August twelfth, nineteen eighty three, we have Cujo, uh, the original monster dog movie. Gotta love it. Stephen yeah. King is always great. Great movie, great movie. D. Wallace is so good in it. Absolutely. And August 13, 1982, Friday 13th, Part 3, 3D. Not my favorite Friday 13th, but a strong contender and the first movie to depict Jason with his iconic hockey mask. Yeah, he's, it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's great. And, and this is, like I said, this is, I think we talked about this at some point in time with one of our top threes. Uh, for whatever reason, this is my default look for Jason. I love this look. You know, the, the green shirt. Whatever, I don't, from Part 3, it's always what I vision, envision when I, when I picture Jason. Gotcha. See, I'm a little different. I always envisioned him from part four um, where, you know, he's got like the yeah, that's that's the one with Corey Feldman. So that's kind of like my de facto. And like you said, we talked about that in our uh, series review. Um, so if you guys want to hear more about that, check out that episode, too. Um, and speaking of speaking of uh, not so great ones, but still great ones, because I, I love this one. Uh, August 13th, 1993. Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Oh man, um, it's not the best, uh, but I love it. It's such a such a cheesy Friday Thirteenth movie, but I love it. Yeah, I mean it's eh, it's all right. Again, not one of my favorites, but uh, you know it it is not Jason X, so no. uh, you know it's got that going. True. August fourteenth, nineteen eighty seven. We have the Monster Squad. Um, I, I don't think I've ever personally seen the Monster oh, Squad, but you got to, you have to watch this movie. It is so good. This is a movie to watch around Halloween. It's so fun. 
You you have to watch it. That is your mission. You have to watch it before Halloween. <laughs> I will watch it for Halloween, so it's the Monster Such Squad. I'll have to find it somewhere to stream. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I own it on Voodoo, but it's because it's it is it is classic. It is one of my favorites. I I always save it to rewatch around Halloween. It's just it is so much fun. Very nice. And then uh, so I'll have to watch that, of course. Uh, I think this is also one that you've told me to watch, but August 15th, 1986, The Fly. Yeah, this is Jeff Goldblum. This is a uh, such a great movie. Gives me ugh, gives me chills to watch it. Some of the best some of the best effects ever. Yeah, I remember we talked about it. I don't remember when or why, but I remember we talked about it on an episode before and you had told me to watch it. So I need yeah, to add that to my list of movies. <laughs> I think we discussed top three like animal movies or something like that, animal related or monster movies or Something to that effect on one of the top threes, I believe. Gotcha. That makes sense. All right. And then, uh, depending on your thoughts on the movie, I guess it's good or bad. But August 15, 2003, we have Freddy versus Jason. Um, it's probably one of those movies that a lot of people are either going to really love or really hate. Obviously, it's iconic because it puts, you know, the two baddies against each other. Um, but all in all, it's not, not my favorite uh freddy movie that's for no. sure or jason movie <laughs> no it's such a such, you would think it'd be such a cool thing but I, I don't know it lets me down i if i remember right and i could be wrong i believe we ranked this as our bottom choice uh when we, when we ranked the, the nightmare was it on our bottom oh yeah you're right i was gonna say not when we did uh friday 13th because that was jason x but <laughs> yeah i think when we did i think when we did friday uh nightmares it was our least favorite appearance of Freddy. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, nah, it is what it is. It's just not as good as what you would hope it would be for me, at least for me. No, I agree. All right. And last but not least, August 16, 1985, Return of the Living Dead. Um, I great. love the Return of the Living Dead movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Such a great movie. Love it, love it, love it. Um, well, I was going to say something. Oh, I like that the Return of the Living Dead is kind of funny. Like they, they doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, so that's just one of my things that I like to add about that movie in case it you're worked. wanting to watch it. <laughs> Great movie. Absolutely. All right. And we have some upcoming releases for you guys. Uh, we have some in theaters and we have some streaming just in case you don't want to leave the house. Um, if you're feeling frisky and you want to go to the theaters, you can check out the last voyage of the Demeter coming to theaters on August 11th. It is described as a crew sailing from Carpathia to England to find they are carrying very dangerous cargo. It is based on the chapter titled The Captain's Log from 1897's Dracula, written by Bram Stoker. Um, you know, we thought about reviewing this one. I'm not super sure if this is going to be up my alley just because, like, I like vampire Dracula movies, but I wasn't super sure. But I will have to watch this eventually, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like I said, it was a strong candidate to review. Um, but there is another choice that came up that I, I think is much stronger for us. It's a, this is a movie I really want to watch. I don't know if I'll go to theater or not. Uh, I mean, I not that I don't think it would be worthy of a theater. I just I don't know if my schedule will allow it. So we'll see. Absolutely. And then if you're not feeling like going out this weekend, and you want to stay home, order a pizza, sit in your PJs and watch some movies on video on demand. I got two movies for you. On AMC Plus and Shutter, we have the movie Elevator Game releasing on August 11th. This is based on a uh, real life game, quote unquote. It is a ritual conducted in an elevator in which players attempt to travel to another dimension using a set of rules that be found online. Um, this actually has some really interesting real-life implications because it is a real-life game, but also um, it is 
proposed or suspected that the um, the individual that disappeared from the hotel, um, I cannot remember the hotel's name or the, late, the woman's name, unfortunately, but um, she disappeared in a hotel and it's thought that she was playing the game and that somehow she disappeared because of supernatural circumstances. But obviously that's just, you know, online talk. <laughs> Yeah. Again, look, this is a very cool movie. I can't wait to watch it. This is, again, was another strong candidate for us to review until some news of another release came up and we thought, oh, yep, this is the one to do. Uh, but I will definitely be watching Elevator Game uh, this weekend when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely same. And then last but certainly not least, we have another wonderful video on demand release. We have Cobweb from that's going to be on Friday, August 3rd, 11th. Ooh. And we will be reviewing this next episode. So Cobweb. Is described as horror strikes when an eight-year-old boy named Peter tries to investigate the mysterious knocking noises that are coming from inside the walls of his house and a dark secret that his sinister parents are uh, kept hidden from him. Um, this movie gives me uh, Coraline vibes, if you've ever seen mm. Coraline, yeah. uh, but but much more adult. Um, so I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah, everything I have seen, people speaking about it on social media and everything else, people have said – this movie is great. Why is it? Why did it not have a bigger release? Uh, I wanted to see it so badly in theaters, but it was nowhere near me at all. I just there was I was willing to drive, but there was no place, uh, absolutely no place to see it. Uh, and I was very, very disappointed. I'm so glad that it had it's had a quick turnaround to video on demand. I, I it's got Anthony Starr from The Boys, who I love. He plays Homelander in, in The Boys. Um, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch this movie. Um, I've got it hyped up in my head, so hopefully it doesn't let me down. <laughs> and hopefully all the people who, who spoke highly of it, you know, are hopefully we have a, a similar mindset. But this looks like something that will be that, that's going to be right up my alley that I'm going to enjoy. So I can't I can't wait to uh, to watch it this weekend and uh, talk about it on next episode. Yep, absolutely. But that but just about does it for our news and upcoming releases. Um, if you guys would like uh, watch these movies along with us, you know, we're hopefully going to both watch the uh, elevator game and, of course, Cobweb for our next episode. So maybe watch them yourself and uh, let us know what you think about it on the next episode. But until then, follow us on social media to keep up to date with all the cool shit that we talked about. And when we come back after our small little break, we have our definitive, the only, the penultimate review of Death Metal. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back here on Listen to Their Screams, and it is time for our review for the episode. And we are reviewing Death Metal. It is available on video on demand and Tubi. And you can visit deathmetalhorrormovie.com for more information on the movie. Uh, it is described as a horror film about a metal band that, while recording their new album, inadvertently write a song so evil that any who hear it fall under a deadly curse. It is written and directed by Michael Kusiecka. Michael, I hope I uh, said your name right. And uh, we got to give a shout out to Michael. Special thanks. He was the one who sent me and Ike autographed copies of it on this movie on Blu-ray. Uh, I'm super stoked because I'm kind of getting back into physical media. And, uh, and and wanting to build my collection up of stuff that I really like. I'm not buying everything, uh, but, you know, I, I have this thing now where I've, I do have a little bit of a fear of who knows what's going to happen with certain streaming services and things come and go and disappear. Uh, we, we talked about Hush earlier. It's nowhere to be found on streaming, uh, right. so it's hard to find. So I've kind of now gotten to that point where, hey, you know, the stuff that I really like and that I really enjoy and, and my favorite movies that I want to build a collection of physical media. I still have some, 
uh, of my collection. I sold off a lot of it, you know, years ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, special thanks to Michael for sending us those copies. Very, very cool uh, to actually have a Blu-ray copy uh, signed by him. Uh, that was very exciting to get those. And uh, we uh, we thought, well, hell, we had a hole. We might as well review his movie for him and, um, and uh, you know, get it out there. Um, watched it. I watched it on Tubi. I think like you did, too. Yep. Uh, once sure again, did. we'll give we'll give a shout out for Tubi, man. There's a lot of good crap on there. That's for free. You do have ads, but that's okay. But there's a lot, a lot of stuff on there, and a lot of stuff that you can't find anywhere else. And uh, again, it is a free streaming service, so it's very cool to check it out. And um, you know, I knew this was obviously, you know, you knew this is kind of being an independent film. It would have a little bit of a lower budget. You don't know what to expect when you go into a movie like this. You don't know about the concept of it and, and what's what's happening. You know, whether it would be whether it be fresh and, and the uh, the execution of it. You don't know when you go into a movie like this. You can either have – it seems like typically with uh, with independent films like this, it's, it's a hit or a miss. There's not much middle ground, right? It either is just – it kind of bombs or, or it pulls it off uh, good enough and, and makes you satisfied that you watch it. Let's put it that way. Uh, so you, you don't know what to expect when you go into a movie like Death Metal, right? Because it's not a, a big production, big release. And I watched this, and I have to say, for an independent film, this was really, really good. Um, it it didn't really, you know, it had some of the, you could tell, you know, the budget thing a little bit. It didn't have a lot of the same qualities that low-budget films fall into. It, you know, with the, some of the hokiness, some of the, there's a lot, a lot of times a roughness with the shots and the editing, whether that be the the money, whether that be the time, whether that be just a, whatever it may be. I didn't feel that this had a lot of those those, those kind of issues. Um, I thought the film was very well acted. I thought it was very well written. It, 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 it is executed. Now, the concept and the ideal of this this ancient or old song that was written by a woman, uh, kind of the Robert Johnson tale of making a pact with the devil to create this song. And then they have implemented pieces of this song into their demos for their upcoming album. When people hear these things, um, you know, they're 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 they're, cur- they're cursed. I thought that was clever. I really liked how they approached this. Um, I, I, I liked how they, they, they gave us – there was some there was some investment in the characters, right, because they were struggling as a band. They apparently had this really horrible European tour that got really negative reviews and uh, was kind of an almost, quote-unquote, embarrassing for them. And so there were members of the band that were wanting to – that were going to quit. And uh, there was the one guy who kind of founded and formed the band who was just – this was his baby. He was fighting with everything he could do to keep it together. There was there were some girlfriends and some interpersonal relations. There was one of the girlfriends sleeping with another band member. There was a lot of stuff going on there that, that, that allowed us to invest in these characters outside of just the concept of the song and the music. And, and I liked it. I think it worked. And it, it gave it more of a, a, a bigger picture than what you would almost expect going into this. Right. You know, and um, I thought it was very cool. Uh, how they did it where these people were possessed, you know, and there were certain people that hadn't heard it yet. Um, I, I kind of saw where that there was how the ending was going to be because they had sent the uh, the sample of the demos to the record company because the record company was going to cut them loose. They needed some samples to see that, hey, there's there's something happening. So the end of the movie, after everything had already happened with the band, the, the guy at the record company is like, oh, cool. Here's the file. He hears it. And it's it was pretty cool. I saw that was going to happen, but it was it was still it was the right choice. It was the choice to, to, to make with the movie. Uh, just because I saw it coming doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, so anyway, 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick over to Ike here. I really enjoyed the movie much more than I thought. Um, you, like I said, you don't know what to expect going in this movie. This one was a it was a pleasant surprise for me, and it was a fun fun watch for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, I agree with everything you said. There, just to kind of start for me, I think the big thing is is that going into this movie, um, especially kind of, I would say the last like indie movie we really watched was you know Cannibal Cabin. So <laughs> coming out of Cannibal Cabin and the fucking baby out of that movie, I swear to God, uh-huh. coming out of that movie, um, it, it, you know, my hopes are not very high. You know what I mean? There are some times where you watch like a movie and it kind of dashes your hopes that like there's ever going to be a movie that's going to be good. And then Cannibal Cabin was kind of that movie a little bit for me. So going into this, you know, I was super stoked. You know, it was very interesting that like, first and foremost, you know, the person who made this movie, you know, the they they interact with people like in the independent area. You know what I mean? So they sent us these copies of the movie. So I thought that was really cool. So I already kind of had like a positive, you know, mindset going into it a little bit. Cause I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, that's really neat that they did that, you know. And then going into the movie, I it didn't feel like the people who were acting the movie like had never acted before, which sometimes in these, you know, low budget movies, which is there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. But sometimes the acting is very subpar and it's very clear that it is. Right. And going into like some of the effects and whatnot, some of the deaths were really cool. You know, there's plenty of little blood. There's a little bit of gore. All of it made sense. And it was just very, very good. I was very surprised. I was like, wow, you know, this movie for being a low budget movie really didn't skimp on the effects, which usually that's one of the things that you don't really get in a low budget movie is good effects. Generally that's the, that's the first place they cut money from because they're like, we'll figure it out. We'll do something else, find something practical to replace it with. But no, this movie went all out and I, and I really respect that. You know, in addition to that, the story itself, they've kind of already gave you guys the, the layout of it. It was very interesting. It, it quite frankly it, it doesn't seem like sometimes you watch these movies and you're like okay that would never happen but this doesn't seem all that unrealistic you know what i mean people be digging up shit all the time and you know a lot you know there a lot of different cultures place a lot of value on music and how important music is to spiritualness and so it wouldn't be unheard of that music might be used in a more ritualistic sense and in this case, this music is ancient and, you know, can cause possession. And it, it just, I don't know, it seems like it wasn't super outlandish for, like, the the prep, you know, what's the word? The exposition didn't seem outlandish because sometimes it does. Sometimes the, the, the story before the action kind of seems a little crazy. But this didn't seem too crazy, you know what I mean? They, they made it all make sense. They kind of tied it off in a neat little bow. And then, of course, it went off the rails a little bit because people started getting possessed and people started getting, you know, torn apart and everything else. But it didn't seem super out there. You know what I mean? Dave mentioned it. Robert Johnson, you know, deal with the devil. Crossroads. That's a story as old as time itself. Selling your soul to the devil for success. And that's exactly what was happening here. You know what I mean? And so it was basically putting a twist on an old story. And really, it made it good. It was just very enjoyable very interesting movie and i'm just so surprised one of the biggest things that surprised me in this movie i think i already said it 10 times it just looks so good you know what i mean 
Like, yeah. I would have gone out of my way to watch this movie had I not been offered the movie, first and foremost, but also if it wasn't free. I would go out of my way to purchase this movie if, you know, I, you know, if it were, as you know, if I'd known how good it was. And it's just fantastic that we, we had the opportunity to not only receive a signed copy of this, which is fucking badass, um, but also that, you know, we were able to watch it on Tubi and then be here to review it. So, honestly... Super amazing movie. Super surprised by it and pleasantly surprised at that. Yeah, we discussed I think it was with Cannibal Cabin, but I'm not – whatever it may be. We, we talked about how independent movies like this, um, they can be successful, but they have to know how to properly work within what they have, right? Not to try to overextend how to, as we said, to hide the, the flaws. And I don't mean flaws in a negative as there's something wrong with it. I'm saying as in the limitations with the budget, et cetera. You have to know how to be creative to hide those things, whether it be an angle, a shot, whatever it is. This movie did that perfectly, right? Because they didn't have, I'm sure, the the biggest budget, and there were limitations to what they could do as opposed to what they would have liked to have probably, I'm sure, been able to do. But they hid those. They kept those in check so you didn't notice them as well. And you're absolutely right. The, 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 the cast was great. Uh Sometimes with budget restraints and, and everything, you have to you have to really get some some un- inexperienced actors to to make it work. Um, and in this one, everybody they they you know they they felt like they what they were doing right. They felt like this group that hangs out. It was very well done. Um, everything, every, I mean, everything about it worked for me, right? And it's this is a testament to the fact that people need to be exploring other movies outside the big studio releases, right? Not knocking those. Some of them are great, uh, and I know they get all the attention, but there is a lot of movies, especially within horror, that you can see if you just go out and explore a little bit in some of these streaming services. If you explore in the shutter, the screen box, Tubi, go online and, and, and follow some of these things. And, and follow. There's a lot of great movies out there who sh- don't get the same attention because they don't have a big studio backing them, but they're putting out quality, fun, enjoyable movies that you will enjoy. So just just be more aware, right? Expand your horizons and, and don't be judgmental until you see it, right? Don't think, oh, this is an independent film. I'm not going to like this, right? Because it doesn't have, you know, a hundred million dollar budget. That don't think that, right? Because sometimes, um, I will often say, all you know, there are several times you will find a hidden gem, and some of the greatest movies that people talk about as far as horror. In the history of the genre, they talk about these things, and some of these movies became big franchises. But when they started, they were lower-budget independent films, and they did it right, and that's why they caught on. So people need to be aware of that, right? Some of the movies that they probably liked most within horror history got their start on the same level, right? Being a a low-budget, independently-made passion project. And uh, that, uh, like we've, we've said this before, there's something to be said about someone doing something that they're passionate about, having a passion project, because that shows and that that alone will 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 help cover up some flaws and some shortcomings that could potentially be there is just having that passion and love and investment in the project Uh, that can make up for a lot of things. So, again, I highly recommend that people watch Death Metal. Again, it's free. It's on Tubi. Tubi is a free app. Go watch this. There's absolutely zero reason for everybody to not watch this movie, right? It's just an hour and a half, give or take. It, it's it's a fun movie. 
Go download the Tubi app if you haven't already and watch the movie. There's no reason not to. You, you are literally only investing a little bit of your time. There's, there's no financial investment to be able to watch this movie. So support this, right? Because this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's an enjoyable movie. Um, and I, you know, I, I dare say we've watched some big studio movies and some big releases. There's a few that this, I, this movie's better than. I, I enjoyed this yeah. more than some of those. So, um, so go check it out. But let's get to it. Let's rate this thing. Ike, out of five screams, what are you giving Death Metal? Absolutely. As metal as it is and as hardcore as it is, I'm going to give this a solid three and a half out of five. And just for clear reference here, uh, we're not using whatever skewed metric that Monica was using earlier. That's right. That's right. Uh, we're using our actual rating system. So three is a movie that you enjoyed, that you'd watch it again. And a four is a movie that you would, you know, you really love and everything else. And I, and as much as I did love this movie and as much as I really enjoyed this movie, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I would rewatch this movie. I would, you know, go out of my way to pay for this movie if I, you know, wanted to. So for sure, this movie, three and a half out of five. Yeah, I agree. Three. That's what I would give it to is a three and a half out of five. Um, because to me, a, a three is an enjoyable movie, but it's, you know, it's not necessarily breaking any ground. I feel like this movie's got kind of a fresh take, right? I, I, I like the, the concept of kind of a cursed song. I think that's kind of a, it's kind of, I'm not saying that maybe, maybe it hasn't been done before, and I know there are folk tales and whatever, but it's kind of for, you don't see it all the time, right? Uh, a, kind of a possession-like movie coming from this angle. I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different aspect, uh, and a different approach, and I, I like that. So I think it's got, it's got some freshness. Uh, the execution is well, uh, well done. It, it just hats off all the way around. Highly enjoyable movie. Three and a half stars from us here at Listen to Their Screams. Again, free on Tubi. Go watch this movie. I, I implore you, support them. It's you won't be disappointed. And uh, you know, and if you are disappointed, it's only an hour and a half long. What you know, what exactly. what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, and it didn't cost you any money. So uh, g- give them a view, uh, and you will not be disappointed. I don't think. Like we said earlier, next episode, we are reviewing Cobweb, which comes out Friday, August 11th on Video on Demand. I know this is, like I said, it's got a lot of buzz, a lot of people talking. I hope a lot of you will go out and purchase this movie, Video on Demand, and watch it as well so that when we do our review, you can follow along. I've heard nothing but good things. I'm very hopeful for this. I'm very excited to review it. But that's what we're doing on the next episode is the movie Cobweb. Uh, thanks to Monica and Kayla for coming on, uh, bantering with us, having a little fun. Uh, discussing the movie um guys it's all in good fun right it's just no one's uh, yeah we joked we laughed no one's getting divorced whatever else hey, none of that <laughs> we're just we, we that's 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 our lively conversations that we break into a lot of times when when all of us get you know talking and get together and, and whatever else that's that's all we do right it's how we make ourselves laugh and you just got to peek behind the curtain there on it it's a it's a there's a you know like i said even if nobody was listening we still kind of sprinkle some of that entertainment value on these things that's just who we are. Uh, so, Ike, before we close out and get out of here, uh, anything that you want to add? Yeah, uh, I think the big thing I want to add, and Dave already said it, literally, Tubi, it's free. This movie is free. You can literally go out right now on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop, uh, your desktop computer, your TV, your smart TV. You can literally download Tubi for free, spend probably less than 90 minutes because I think the credits or make it less than 90 minutes if you don't watch the credits. So you spend less than 90 minutes, you watch it, you support an independent filmmaker and you watch a really good movie. And even if you hated it, 
guess what? You might just be a little more culture than your friend. Yeah, but I don't think anybody would hate it, right? Even if no. they, even if it's not their thing, I don't think there's anything to hate here. I think it's, I think it's fun enough. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us. Give us a rating and reviewing. Help us in those algorithms. When we make our posts, please share those, right? Whether it be an episode, whether it be a birthday and anniversary, share those, right? Because you may have friends that may be interested in what we're doing, and they won't know anything about us unless you help spread the word. So if you enjoy what we do, please support us. Give us a share on all of our social media outlets, and we're on them all. So make sure you follow us there. You can find us on any of them, and on all of them, we are at Listen to Screams. Listen, the number two in Screams. You can find us there. Chances are, if you have uh, the social media app, chances are better or not we are there. So look for us. So again, until next episode, when we are going to be reviewing Cobweb, uh, I'm Dave. That's Ike. Wherever you go, whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>